sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by the Reverend Douglas Cornelius. Well, good morning again. This weekend, of course, is a weekend when our nation uh, pauses to remember uh, the legacy and the ministry of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, for our text this morning, I've chosen a text from Scripture that uh, takes up the issue of justice and what it means uh, for God's people to live for uh, justice and, and to think through that issue together. And so, Te- our text this morning is a classic one, uh, if, you're, if you're looking at justice, justice texts from Scripture. This is from the book of Micah, the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, my daughter Annabelle had a birthday last month, and uh, she turned four years old. So she had a little party for her and all of her little friends at a place called Urban Air. Urban Air is a trampoline park, but there's lots of other jumping and climbing and bouncing sorts of adventures to be had. And I'm talking about it as an illustration. We receive no proceeds from Urban Air uh, for mentioning them in a sermon. So for her birthday, she got a bunch of her little friends together and, uh, you know, there's loud music, there's flashing lasers and, and, you know, thumping bass through the whole thing and everything's glowing in black light. So, you know, my wife and I like to say she got a party and a few gifts and we got a raging headache for the rest of the day. It was a good deal. But she loved it. She loves this place. And, you know, they talk about how people have different love languages, right? That you experience love in different ways. So for some people, acts of kindness might be their love language, right? If you do something nice for them, if you take something off of their plate, uh, you know, it, it, it really helps them feel loved. Other people, it could be gift giving. And so you give them a gift and they feel loved, right? Others, it's words of affirmation. You know, you say something nice to them, you compliment them, and it makes them feel loved. Well, we've determined that Annabelle's love language is adrenaline. 
right? It's just adrenaline. I know it's not a traditional category of the love languages, but we are sure hers is adrenaline. If you want her to feel love, just give her something to climb or jump off of or bounce around on or dive into, you name it, she is an adrenaline junkie. So two things. First, pray for me, uh, especially when she becomes a teenager. But two, uh, she loves to do everything at playgrounds and amusement parks. And she's very tall for her age, very tall for her age. I know, I don't know where she gets it from, but she's tall, which means many of these activities which have height requirements, right? Because they're meant for kids that are a little bit older than her. She is tall enough to do all of these activities. She's only four, but she's the height of a, of a child that's two, three years older than her. And so she can go on just about everything. And she does. But at her party, there was a zip line. A zip line that went over all the guests' heads through the whole room and you got harnessed up and you shot through the whole trampoline park just flying over everybody and Annabelle saw the zip line. And Annabelle wanted to do the zip line. But this one had a serious height requirement. It was meant for kids that were eight, nine, 10 years old and older and she's tall but she's not that tall. And this may be about the first time that she was told in her life, I'm sorry, baby, you're actually just not tall enough. You're not, you're not big enough. And we took her up to the little, you know, they had like a little animal with a finger that said, you gotta be this tall. And sure enough, she was not tall enough. And we had to tell her, I'm sorry, baby, you're just not tall enough. That did not go well. <laughs> she did not take the news well. She wanted the zip line and it was her birthday. How could you, dad? How could you? But it was about safety, of course. The harness that holds you in, the activity itself, you have to be a certain size, a certain height, a certain age for this to work, for it to be safe. And so there is a height requirement. So after a small tantrum, she went back into the giant ball pit, which is also for kids older than her, but she is tall enough for that one. And she played around with all the seven-year-olds in the ball pit, and we were just fine. But requirements are there for a reason. They're there to keep us safe, to keep us alive, to make sure that we do the thing that we should be doing and that we don't do the thing that we shouldn't be doing. That's what requirements are for. And when the prophet Micah is addressing God's people, telling them how they should live, what it means to live a godly life, how to follow this other road that we spoke about last week in our services, he says this, he has shown you what is good. He has shown you what is good and what the Lord requires of you. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. Do justly, love mercy, 
walk humbly. And we'll get into those things. But before we do, I want to note Micah's introduction to those three instructions, to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly. His lead-in is this. He has shown you what is good and what the Lord requires of you. What the Lord requires of you. See, for the people of God, these items Micah is listing, these aren't suggestions. When I was in college and seminary, all the professors would put their books in the school bookstore. Yes, I am just old enough to kind of been in that pre-Amazon era where school bookstores still had all the books for your classes. And um, all the books would be labeled suggested reading or required reading. And suggested reading meant this book will be helpful for you in this class. It will help you write the papers. It will be a, it's, it's worthy of reading because it will really supplement the material in the class. I suggest this book. That's what the, that's what the professor was saying. But required books, those were ones that you were going to receive assignments out of. You didn't have a choice on the required books. There would be tests to make sure that you knew the material and you would have to write papers on them and you really had no hope of making it through the class and doing well, you certainly had no hope of being successful in the class if you didn't get these books. These books are required. And Micah, here in chapter six, gives us a list of required books, so to speak, for the godly life required ways of living if you want to get through this life as a faithful person, required actions, required dispositions of the heart, required attitudes of the mind, required living. And if you're going to be successful at this life of faith thing, these, these are the required assignments. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. They aren't up for debate. They aren't suggestions. They are required, and not by the prophet, but by God himself. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly. This weekend, our nation pauses to remember another prophet, a modern-day prophet, probably, uh, for my money, the most important prophetic voice of the 20th century, at least in America, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. King took those assignments seriously, to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly, and King was man who is not without his flaws, just like every minister I've ever known, including the one preaching from this pulpit this morning. 
but Dr. King's commitment to justice in our nation, to finding a way forward, to reconciliation between people of different skin colors, to establishing what he called the beloved community, a community built on equity and mercy and humility and mutual respect and value and a sense of commonality of us all being children of God. King's commitment to all of this was not only a triumph of the human spirit, but it was a masterclass, a masterclass in living the life and leading others to live the life that the prophet Micah spoke of, the life of the faithful follower. And all these years later, well, there's been a lot of progress in our country. We have indeed come a long way in 60 years, a long way from the segregation and civil and human rights atrocities of the mid-20th century, but we as a church, as a church nationwide, we recognize that there is still much left to be done. We recognize that justice for people of every color and every background must continue to be a call and a priority for the people of God in this nation. And it must be so not because the prophet Micah told us to or because Martin Luther King Jr. told us to and pleaded with us to or not even because our gut screams within us that this must be a priority. It is a priority. It must be a priority because the Lord requires it. The Lord requires it. He has shown you what is good and what he requires of you. See, we don't get to sit this one out. We don't get to feign interest and support. To do justice and to love mercy is required. And if you're someone who's thinking, okay, is this preacher going political on us all of a sudden? No, because this isn't a political issue. This is a biblical issue, right? To live alongside in harmony with our fellow brothers and sisters, to have that sense of the great biblical word shalom amongst all people, that is the kingdom of God. That is what we are working towards it's not political, it's biblical. And if you're like me, sometimes it can feel overwhelming, right? We see the issues our society is dealing with still after all this time. We hear another tragedy on the news and it immediately gets politicized and blown up into something. Over a century since slavery was abolished, over 50 years since the progress of the civil rights movement, and there is still so much to do, so much to take on, so much to pray for, so much to work for. And if you're like me, you look around and you say, where do I start? Where do I even begin? What, what can I do? What, what can we do up against such a big issue, something with so much history and so much hurt. What can I do? Where? Where do I start? And if your heart ever feels that way, it's okay, because it is big, and it is frustrating, and it is angering, and it is heartbreaking, and all those questions are very normal, and I truly believe that Dr. King would be glad that we have them and that we're asking them. 
But for that question of where to start, our text from Micah is, I think, helpful once again. So as we close, let's return to it one more time. He has shown you what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And for me, the best way to approach issues of racial justice in our nation and in our world, the best way to begin to think about it, to begin to talk about it, to begin to do something about it, the best way to start has always been with the end. The best way to start with the issue is with the end of the text. Walk humbly. Walk humbly with your God. Humble yourself. Walk humbly with your neighbor. Know that you don't have all the answers. Know that you play a part in the problem, even if you don't know what part that is. Know that you'll always learn more by listening than by speaking. Know in all humility that we all have sins to confess and then start by confessing your own before ever moving to someone else's. And know that walking humbly with our God also means walking humbly with every single child of God. And pull up alongside your brother. Pull up alongside your sister, your elder, your neighbor. Pull up alongside them and just start walking. But walk humbly with them and with your God. It's where Micah ends his thought on the faithful life. But for justice in our time, for all people, I think it's where we start. May God help us to do so. Amen. I'll invite back up our praise team and... Uh, as they get set, we are going to continue in our worship. In a few moments, uh, we're going to have a time of prayer, and we will come back to that. But during that time of prayer, if, if you don't come up, I do invite you to be in prayer for our nation and for that sense of shalom, that sense of harmony amongst people. But don't limit it to our nation. We can turn on our news, and we can see where divisions and ethnic background and race and, and old old, old, old hurts are still rearing their heads in our world. And so uh, during that time of prayer, I hope you will reflect on the message and our text for this morning, and I hope we can be in prayer uh, for our world and for the reconciliation of all people.